0: To the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co host Kristen Edwards.
1: And since it's our tradition to have a new episode on the podcast dropping on the first Thursday of the month, where else would I be? But another one of our favorite traditions is saying thank you to everyone who's out there listening and hanging out with us.
0: One of the things that is always amazing to me is if I check the user logs mid morning on Thursday right after the podcast drops. I will already see a whole bunch of people who have listened in. So indeed, thank you, thank you for making us part of your homeschool adventure.
1: And please drop by Facebook or Instagram any day of the week in between times. Tell us what you're thinking about the themes we're discussing. We would love to have a conversation in the comments with you. Just look for the Only Schoolers handle on both of those platforms. We'll be there. And of course, you can listen in on almost any podcast platform. We have iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher. We're there. And you can even listen to us on Facebook now. So be sure to check it out.
0: Drop us an email at onlyschoolers at gmail.com or find us at our website, which is onlyschoolers.com. You know, since the weather is turning colder, it is also the perfect time for a nice warm cuppa, which means it's the perfect time to check out some of the new poetry tea times we have uploaded to our OnlySchoolers Etsy shop. You will also find some transcripts of past episodes, our homeschool planner, and some fun swag. So... Again, go to Etsy and search for The Only Schooler's Gift Shop.
1: And I know I mentioned last time that I've started work on this new set of poetry tea time planners. They're going to be based on a guess who concept that I did a few years ago with September. Lots of fun. So those will be ready in the Etsy shop beginning after the first of the year. And there's going to be three, maybe four planners in the set. We'll see how that goes.
0: I promise the weather in January will still be perfect for tea time. (laughs) Poetry tea times are a fantastic and easy way to perk up the winter doldrum days when sometimes it can be hard to get homeschooling back on track after the hubbub of the holidays.
1: Is it ever? But if it's not your tradition and you've never done a poetry tea time before, maybe it's time to blaze a new trail. Try something different.
0: So I heard it. You're telling me it's time to get on with the show and our two words for today, which are sort of bookend ideas.
1: Yeah, I think our words for today's show really are bookends because we're talking about tradition and trailblazing. So tradition is kind of that tried and true, the way we've always done it, or perhaps that's how it works best for us sort of idea. Whereas trailblazing, that's kind of all about shaking it up, doing something new. And there's this
0: huge back and forth with these two. So while in the past with these themed episodes, we've kind of talked about one word and then gone on and talked to another word, I think today we might end up just kind of bouncing back and forth between these two ideas. We'll have to see how it goes. Does that sound like a plan?
1: That works for me. I think we sort of kind of mixed it up a little bit when we did satisfactory and substantial. And so while it may have been our tradition to talk about first one word, then the second, we are always ready to trailblaze with something new. Even if we are coming to the end of the alphabet, there's always time to try something different.
0: Because it's important to remember that as homeschool parents, we are... Each and every one of us blazing a trail with our children. Whether we are using a prepackaged curriculum, painstakingly creating our own curriculum, or unschooling for all we are worth, our schools are totally unique. Trailblazing at its very finest.
1: And at the same time, all of us will be creating our own traditions as we go along. So before we get too much further into the episode, let's just kind of talk about our ideas of what each of these words means. As is usually the case with us, Gina, you know, there's going to be a lot to unpack. So start us off with tradition. Where does your brain go when I say tradition?
0: Well, you mentioned Fiddler on the Roof a couple of episodes ago. So maybe I've still got Tevye and Golda on the brain. But tradition brings to mind that big opening sequence in Fiddler on the Roof where the whole cast comes together and sings about tradition. Let's do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many times I've seen Fiddler on the Roof, but it is quite a few. I've seen the live theater productions, the movie adaptation from the early 70s. And, you know, I I just love that moment. You know, you're waiting and the lights go down. The orchestra begins to play in the background and the music builds until all of a sudden it's, you know, tradition, tradition, tradition. Uh, The lyrics to that song talk about all the things that are the way they are because that's the way they've always been you know, the papas who do these things and the mamas who do those things and the sons and daughters who do their own things. All of them are traditions and nobody really thinks too much about them until something changes.
1: So it's kind of like when we were talking about paradigms. You don't really notice the paradigm until it shifts. And I think traditions, they can work the same way. Some of them are aware of. The other ones, I don't really notice maybe until someone challenges things the way they've always been done.
0: You know, I've experienced plenty of those types of this is just what we do traditions in the course of my life. I mean, when I was a little kid, it was as simple as we always go to Aunt Holly's house for Easter. For Christmas, we were with my mom's family on Christmas Eve and with my dad's family on Christmas Day. The county fair is the last week in July and school starts, you know, the week before Labor Day Monday. It's our tradition to hang clothes out on the clothesline to dry. We wash the supper dishes by hand. But on the flip side, there have also been lots of times in my life when I or Rich and I decided it was time to switch things up and new traditions were called for. I mean, we're newlyweds, so where are we going to spend Christmas, especially when we're living so far away from family? You know, what do we want to do for Thanksgiving? So because of that, I think of traditions as something that can be deliberately and methodically sought after too. So what about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, growing up, we kind of did the same thing at holidays as As you just described, I'm sure it's familiar to a lot of people. Easter here, Christmas there. Other holidays had their own specific locations, too. And honestly, I kind of like that idea of continuity, especially as I look back at my childhood from my, let's say, advancing years. Because those traditions, they provided a rhythm to the seasons, you know? And I think that's comforting for a child to know what's going to happen and when and why. At least it was for me. It's like knowing there's always going to be pickled beet eggs at Easter, and there's always going to be a lifesaver book in my Christmas stocking. But like you, that kind of changed a little bit with marriage, because Kevin and I, we wanted to start our own traditions, especially once September arrived. And I remember we used to do this mad dash at Thanksgiving and Christmas, because we lived close to my family, but his was three hours away.
0: So you spend this chunk of the holidays on the road, right?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. <laughs> And so much food. You're eating literally like two dinners. two I mean, it's twice of everything. But once September came along, we did Easter at my mom's, Thanksgiving with his family, and then we just stayed home for Christmas.
0: So then what about trail trailblazing? What does that bring to mind for you?
1: Well, every time we say trailblazing, and I've had this going through my head, I have these flashbacks to my second favorite biography as a child. And it was the story of Rebecca Brian Boone, who was Daniel Boone's wife. Every time we say trailblazing, I'm just imagining carving these marks on trees to create a path to Kentucky. But (laughs) I say, here we go. But, you know, seriously, for me, trailblazing, it's exactly that idea. This idea that we're heading out into the unknown on an adventure. Good things will happen. Not so good things will happen. We don't know because it hasn't been done yet. But what we do know is it will change our lives in some way. So probably my biggest trailblazing moment, of course, was just stepping off the beaten path in order to homeschool because no one in my family had ever even thought about that. I didn't know anybody who was doing it. I was definitely out there on my own, hacking my own path through that wilderness. But what about you? Where does trailblazing take you?
0: Very funny because I don't always know where trailblazing takes me because there's no trail.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, I love, love, love The Odyssey by Homer. And when I think of Trailblazing, which, just a moment, I got to say, two book nerds, you have a second favorite autobiography. You know, it's, it's, know. Just, it's just great. But, <laughs>
1: you know. As a child, yeah, I had like three of my favorite biographies, and I read them all the time.
0: Yeah, so as, as, as an adult now, I always turn to thoughts of Odysseus and his treacherous journey to get home, to return to his family. He gets knocked off course. He finds himself alone. Along the way, he gets good advice. He gets a little help. And in the end, he steps out into the unknown. He takes risks and he moves forward toward this goal. Because it's an unfamiliar path, he understands that there's going to be adversity along the way. As you said, there are going to be some good things. There's going to be some not so good things. He's leaving a promised life of leisure, but he has to blaze a trail toward home. So, No matter how many times I've read the Odyssey, and right now it is so many times I have completely lost track, Odysseus always inspires me. He reminds me that trailblazing is not without risks. Sometimes it's very real risk, but the adventure does make it worthwhile. Just like Odysseus, we have to have the ability to make a trail where there is none and just see where we end up. So since there is a certain tension between the two words, which one of you think you resonate with most, a trailblazer or a traditionalist?
1: As much as I would like to believe I'm an unconventional trailblazer, honestly, I probably veer a lot more on the traditional side. I know I mentioned in the regret episode about not following through on this opportunity stu- to study abroad, and that was my traditional gotta keep my job and pay for school side, overriding my trailblazing, I really want to have an adventure side. By nature, I I'm just more conservative. I grew up a farmer's daughter, and, you know, that's just a pretty traditional way of life. It's very seasonal. It's very generational. And as I mentioned, you know, a minute ago, there is something very comforting about that, knowing there's order, knowing there's organization. So even though I am more of a city gal now, and that suits me a whole lot better, honestly, there are parts of that traditional upbringing that have never really gone away. I mean, it's probably part of the reason I was a history major, because that's sort of, you know, a window to the past, a chance to study the traditions that make us who we are. And we can learn about the people who broke away from those traditions to break new ground. So kind of the best of both worlds, am I right? Right. But, you know, as far as like the clothes I wear, the vacations we take, the books I read, that's all pretty traditional, nothing too out there. Although I do have to say we don't do travel like a lot of people do, because September and I we're not really so much into the tourist attractions at a particular place, as much as we like to explore that road less taken. Like recently we were in New York, we didn't even go to the Statue of Liberty. We instead just bounced around Soho for a while, kind of exploring that neighborhood. And it was so much fun. Kind of our wanderer seeker twist on our traditional things. I think it's interesting that as an adult, I'm actually getting more trailblazy And I don't know why. I mean, maybe that's age and experience kicking in. Like I've seen enough of life to know that taking the chance is worth it, even if it doesn't work out like you thought it might.
0: Oh, definitely. I think it is. It is easier to cast off expectations as we age.
1: I I definitely think that idea of expectations is part of it because I start thinking, "Who am I trying to please?" I mean, the answer should mostly be myself, of course. And I think I've just gotten a lot more comfortable with balancing that tension between tradition and trailblazing. I don't mention it too much here on the podcast, mostly because it's it's not really totally my story to share, but my daughter is neurodivergent, and there is a freedom in knowing that, but there's also a lot of trailblazing involved. You would be shocked, rightfully so, hopefully so, at how many people and how many organizations do not accept, do not accommodate neurodiversity even when the accommodations required are pretty basic. I mean, maybe just improved communication, maybe it's an alternate testing condition. Not that much, right? Not only is it the kind, morally right thing to do, but in many cases, it's actually legally required. So why wouldn't we want everyone in the population to have the same access to success? It's been a matter of fighting for rights that most of the neurotypical population take for granted, We're blazing trails, we're educating people, we're advocating for neurodiversity. I'm showing my daughter it can be done, and it's worth it. And that's honestly something I never imagined that I would be doing when I was younger. I think parenthood and aging together, when they're combined, it kind of opens up all these sorts of unexpected opportunities to forge new paths, even as we kind of keep the traditions that formed us. But, you know, what about you? Are you about tradition, or are you a trailblazer?
0: Well, you know, we're homeschooling and we're unschooling now. So <laughs> rather than following a traditional educational path, I'd say, say that the, the trailblazing is strong in me and with Wyatt too. Okay, so a friend of mine has made a sunbonnet Sue quilt, you know, with the little girls um, and they're all wearing sunbonnets. And on her quilt, all of the little sunbonnet girls are facing, you know, one way or the other to the left, I guess. Except for one little girl who has stubbornly turned the other direction. And my friend Jean Marie entitled the quilt, She Goes Her Own Way. And I absolutely love that quilt. I love the quilt name. I just think it's wonderful. And it sums up a lot of me. There's, there's trailblazing because she goes her own way. And there's traditional because a sunbonnet suit pattern is an incredibly traditional quilt pattern.
1: So you're just kind of keeping one foot on each side of the line there, huh?
0: Uh, yeah, I am. But you talked about life in college. When I was in high school, I don't know, I felt hemmed in, I guess, or like who I was to the world wasn't who I really was. So one thing I knew was I wanted to go away to college. I wanted to go trailblaze to a place where nobody knew who I was where no one had preconceived ideas about me based on like where I lived or whose family I was part of.
1: So you're going for the anti cheers experience. You want to go where nobody knows your name.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And for the exactly same opposite reason, you know, I like you, I grew up in a small town, went to a small school where everybody knew everybody. I graduated with 13 kids I'd known since kindergarten, and we'd been in every single grade together for those 13 years. I wanted to make my own way and figure out who I was. But when I went to college, it was with the thought of being a high school English teacher, which is, you know, pretty traditional as far as professions are concerned. But I realized, you know, I don't want to spend the rest of my life teaching in a high school Should have known right there I would end up homeschooling, but you know. (laughs) Then decided, okay, I'm going to go to graduate school for an MA. I want to go on for PhD, teach English literature in a college setting. So it's undergraduate school in Nebraska, graduate school in Wyoming, and then a first real job across country in South Carolina. When I had this golden apple and a ticket to tenure in an English department, kind of like Odysseus leaving the safety of Calypso's Island, I knew I had to make my own way outside of the Ivy covered walls of Academe, So, you know, a lot of trailblazing and some traditional along the way.
1: Yeah. And you kind of ended up right back where you started <laughs> only yeah. different because of your trailblazing. But I think maybe that's where your traditional street comes in.
0: Yeah. I think, like you said, traditions help create a sense of comfort and belonging. They bring families together. They help friends connect or reconnect after they've been apart for a while. So, the traditional bent comes in with liking classic literature. I mean, it's familiar. I love diving into a great story that I've read before because I know even though I've read it before, there will be something new there every single time I read it. There are the traditions that we've established for ourselves, rich and I and so though the road itself or the scenery may change, there are those places you know that we have to stop, and then, like you said, all kinds of holiday traditions. Watching fireworks here, putting up the Christmas tree at a particular time, celebrating odd occasions like Guy Fawkes Day, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this on November 4th. And Um, we have a
1: tea time that goes with it if you want to pop in and grab that. We
0: we do. We have a tea time. Um, When I find something new that works, I'm willing to make a new tradition. So I think those two concepts carry over to the way that we homeschool. For all of the trailblazing unschooling we've done, there have been a whole lot of traditional things, like when it comes to the literature that we've read. And since this is a podcast about homeschooling, let's kind of mosey off that way. How have traditions and trailblazing had an impact on our homeschool lives? You go first.
1: We've talked a lot on the show about the tendency for those beginning first-time homeschoolers to kind of fall back on the educational traditions they know. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You did it, I did it. It's it's kind of the starting starting block, I guess. But somewhere along the line in this audacious experiment of homeschooling, it seems inevitable, and I know at least it was for the two of us, to make your own way, to do your own thing. And I have tended to stay on a more traditional path, but that doesn't mean we haven't ventured out into the weeds a few times. It's in those weeds, those times in the weeds that solidified what we were trying to accomplish. Learning to love learning, no matter the subject. No matter if we spent three months studying something or three days or three hours. Time spent studying anything is worthwhile. And when you're finished with a subject, just move on. You don't carry it out, you're done. I think it's also important to note that just because we were blazing a new trail for us, That didn't mean someone else hadn't already sort of marked the path, kind of like Daniel Boone making his little notches in the tree. Many, many moons ago, when September was in elementary school, we stumbled upon this idea of lap books. And they take different forms, but the template I had just involved refolding a basic file folder so you have two flaps that open. So then we'd learn about a topic and we'd create these little flap books or we'd creatively cut out shapes to write the information and we'd glue it all into the, the big lap book. And then once it's assembled, you could open it up and see everything that you learned about anything. We literally made dozens of these things. We were just engaged in making lap books. We made them in all subjects. And September, she would go off and make them on her own sometimes, just on her own subjects unrelated to to anything that we were studying. Because it was just a super fun way to present information and kind of show what you were learning. I did not come up with that idea on my own, but it was still a new idea for learning because I certainly never made lap books when I was in school. So in blazing a new learning trail for us, even though we were doing a traditional subject, maybe I had a guide for a new trailblazing experience. So if you're out there thinking I could never come up with new ways of doing stuff, don't worry, you don't have to. You can still follow a more traditional sequence of education if that's what you want. But if you get the idea that you want to do some things a bit differently sometimes, that's just your way of blazing a new educational trail. And once you've decided to blaze that trail, just Google up a guide for the journey. For me, that's kind of how tradition morphed into trailblazing, which then transformed into a different tradition. I think there's a whole circle of life thing here. I have never come up with a completely new educational trail on my own in my life. I've always had a germ of an idea from a traditional source, but then I want to mix it up. I want to make it fit how September learns and what she wants to learn. So I kind of just start, start off on a trail and maybe it's really faint, but I just keep following it until I get to where I want to be.
0: And speaking as someone who has spent time in the woods, sometimes it is a faint trail. But truly, little by little, you can find your way. You've just got to be patient. I know when we first started out, the idea of we're going to teach our son at home seemed big and intimidating. So latching on to traditional things like workbooks and worksheets was kind of a way to gain some footing. Those traditional elements of school that were very familiar to me made it possible for us to kind of get our feet under us with homeschooling. And it became our gateway into trailblazing. So when Wyatt was a little kid doing those traditional things, the, oh, look, here's a workbook I found in the back-to-school buck bins at Target. (laughs) You know, that gave me breathing room and brain space to come up with new ways to approach learning that maybe worked better for both of us. But those early, this is what traditional school looks like workbook days, it actually gave him something to push against. And in pushing against them, he showed me what he needed, which was something that was less rigid and regimented. Okay, so like like you were talking about with the lap books, it's not a huge stretch to say that kids love doing craft parts of lessons. I mean, it's the fun parts of all the projects. They're studying ancient Babylonians, and they're making ziggurats out of sugar cubes and stuff like that. One of the things I noticed, he learned more, he learned better, about whatever subject we were studying when it was just more organically part of our day and part of what we were talking about.
1: Well, you know, that makes sense, you know, because I've always personally hated busy work and September is always questioning me, how will I need this? How will I use that in real life?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I've talked about writing the essays and mom, nobody cares about what my favorite kind of pizza is. And you already know what kind of pizza I like. So what's the point? (laughs) So it all just kind of evolved when he was in that first, second, third grade area. Um, I ended up, just by luck of the draw, I found a great book at a used curriculum sale. It had all sorts of construction paper projects designed around various holidays and seasons. Reindeer for Christmas, heart people for Valentine's Day, egg shapes for Easter, and stuff like that. So we would spend about a week each month making whatever kind of project fit in with that time of year. And then he would write a short letter to his great grandparents or aunts or uncles or whatever. We'd pack it up and address the envelope and send it off in the mail. And he loved that. And he'd often ask things like, hey, mom, what should I write about to Aunt Jenny and Uncle Dick? And I'd say, oh, you could tell them about that homemade pepperoni pizza we made the other night and how you put a smiley face out of pepperoni on
1: it, you know. And there, you just completed the what's my favorite pizza writing prompt in a way that made sense. (laughs) Exactly. But those moments told
0: me that the assignments that were meaningful were okay, but make work was never going to be something that was going to go smoothly. So because it was our family tradition of celebrating holidays, and I had a tradition of letter writing to relatives, that led to trailblazing in terms of how we were going to treat composition at our house. My big takeaway from that, which I'm kind of only now putting into words as we're doing the the podcast, is that by having traditions, we were better able to trailblaze into that new way of doing things. Traditions become the, se- the stepping stone or the launching pad for a new trail. So what about you? Give me your best homeschool tradition, homeschool trailblazing story.
1: I think for me, it was the first year that we homeschooled for the full year. So September would have been in second grade. And over the summer, you know, I'd sort of gotten our feet wet in the last half of first grade, but I'm pulling together the materials, I'm making my plans, kind of like, here we go. And I just had this epiphany. I could do anything I wanted. (laughs) I could follow the traditional guide, I could do blaze a new trail, whatever I I chose to do. So while I did have a tendency to stay traditional, I decided that we were only going to study botany for science. For the whole year, which is totally not what she would have been doing in a public school in, sci- in science for second grade. They would have been bouncing, I don't know, magnets, because I kind of looked at that and I was like, eh, and we were really into botany at the time. So I'm not a sciencey person, but I found a guide who had already blazed the curriculum part of that trail for me. I just had to jump off the traditional path, which I did happily, gladly, quickly, And it was grand and you know that still sticks out to me as one of the most satisfying science years that we ever had and we shared it and she still remembers names of leaves that I don't and it was just amazing and I'm so glad that I took that chance. Now did I worry that maybe we missed something sciencey that she should have learned at that age? Sure I did but that was also my first step in trusting the process. When she needed to learn it she would whatever, you know, it happened to be at the time, we would catch up. I mean, there is no behind, there is no ahead, it's, it's homeschool, so we get to decide. And it's that experience that I've taken forward, that idea that I can combine traditional with something a little bit more exotic, or at least out of the public school box. So to the casual observer, we're ticking the traditional boxes each year. We've got our math, we've got our science, we've got our history, we've got our literature. But if you look more closely, you will see that we are doing it in a totally unconventional way. We are blazing our own trail of self-guided learning based on what she wants to learn within those subjects.
0: And one other thing I've been thinking about a lot, especially since Wyatt is a senior, is this tradition trailblazing tension that seniors in high school experience. Even if your high school is unschooly homeschool, there is still the tradition of being teenager in high school. So now it's a definite time to build new traditions and blaze new trails. And I think in, in that regard, I th- things are a little different than when I graduated from high school and went off to college. I mean, back in the 1980s, it was simply what you did. It was like playing the game of life. You whack the spinner and you decide if you're going to take the loop that takes you to college or the loop where you get a job. My experience teaching at the college all those years and then becoming a homeschool parent has really made me rethink those traditions. If we can do something totally unique for our kids during their formative years in elementary school, middle school, high school, don't be surprised if they do something totally unexpected with their lives after they graduate. As parents, we need to give them good counsel and then kind of be willing to let them live their own lives. Sure. If your child says, mom, I really want to be a drug dealer because I hear you can make a lot of money. I would say that's a strong no in my book.
1: No, because good counsel would say, uh, well, dear, there's a good chance you're going to be spending the holidays inside prison. <laughs> exactly.
0: But if it's a case where you have white collar dreams for your kid and your kid is a blue collar kid, it is time to take a step back and let them blaze their own trail into the future.
1: And we come back to it again and again and again. And listeners, I know you've heard us say it, but it's all about ownership of education. Because in the end, it's September's life. It's not mine. It's Wyatt's life. It's not yours.
0: And we have only kiddos. But if you're out there with multiple children, they may all end up going in completely different directions. Right now, a homeschool friend of mine has two sons, both of whom have graduated high school. One is going to college, and her other son has snagged this great job working at a manufacturing facility here in town. He's making 20 bucks an hour with a high school diploma.
1: I mean, there's honestly people with advanced degrees out there who don't make that money.
0: I know. So sometimes trailblazing might look like a totally different career path than what we may have imagined for our kids. I mean, when Wyatt was younger, building cuckoo clocks out of Legos, I was thinking, oh, he's probably going to go to college and study engineering or something like that. I would have never guessed that he would want to get into real estate and commercial turf and grounds management, followed by a business degree. But hey, here we are. And look, If September said to you, Mom, after I graduate high school, I want to move to Paris, practice my French accent while working in a macaroon shop and studying art, what would you say?
1: I would say, let me book our flight, Slick, because I'm coming with you. (laughs) Seriously, we're about to take another trip to New York in a couple months because she absolutely fell in love with that city. She really wants to explore what opportunities might be there for her. Maybe that's traditional college. I'm, I'm really starting to feel that it's going to be something different, though. Neither of us know. I mean, it's a, it's a trail we're blazing, and we're excited to find out where it goes.
0: And that's the best part of it, that anticipation, the excitement of not knowing what's just over the horizon at the top of the hill. But being eager to see once you get there.
1: So listeners, where are you on the traditional versus trailblazing spectrum? Do you tilt more one way to the other? Do you kind of make a point of keeping one foot in each camp?
0: What are the important traditions you have in your homeschool and how did they come about? And how many times has a trailblazing idea worked out smashingly well and how many times has it dead-ended in the middle of nowhere and caused you to make a quick U-turn?
1: As a home educator, what lessons did you learn from those experiences that you've kind of carried forward with you? Please just hop in the comments, let us know. You've heard our homeschooling stories, and we'd really love to hear yours. It's in that sharing of stories and ideas that we really create our community. So just jump into the comments on our social media. Like we said, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Only Schoolers at both places.
0: You can email us at OnlySchoolers at gmail.com or find our website, OnlySchoolers.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please do consider supporting us financially. There are monthly expenses associated with keeping the podcast and all our back episodes up and running.
1: Our Etsy shop is always open if you need to pop in and grab some fun only schooler stuff, or if you'd just like a transcript of this particular episode. So thanks
0: so much for listening today. We hope it was as satisfying for you as it was for us. We will be back in a couple of weeks with two letters, U and V. So until then, vaya con Dios. (laughs) It's <laughs>